Blimey. This is one out of a jam jar you got here. The House of Mystery contains demons, angels, elementals, magicians, wizards, apparitions, adult language, and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not enter the House of Mystery. All right, then. On with the show. All right. Hello, welcome. Welcome to the House of Mystery. I am Michael, your host and curator of the House of Mystery. Welcome to the the place of horrors where we dissect human brains and steal your girlfriend's panties. <laughs> it's quite the the operation we have here, right, Dave? It, it is, it is. At least we clean the panties afterward. Oh, I don't... <laughs> You know, sometimes I question how I start the show, but then you take it, you take it another direction and make it worse. So then I'm like, all right, well, Dave is going to look like the asshole now. It's okay. Hey, I'm not afraid about it. When I was younger, I did have a panty collection. Okay. <laughs> well, in other news, I'm gonna zoom in on your face so you could feel the shame. Go ahead, everyone. Oh, there's no shame. No shame. All right, so welcome to the House of Mystery. The individual who's discussing was David, the bisexual butler. Uh, if you guys want to send him hate mail, I will go ahead and supply his address to you at the end of the show. Okay, so today we are going to be covering a wide variety of, of news. Uh, we are setting aside some actual comic books we were going to cover uh, due to all of the recent news pertaining to the world of John Constantine. Now, if you are new to this podcast, we are a John Constantine and friends podcast, meaning we focus mostly on John Constantine as much as possible. Um, but we do of course, delve into the darker side of DC as a whole. Uh, that could be swamp thing. That could be Zatanna. That could be man bat. As long as it's not just all about Batman, it could yeah. be detective chimp. It could be justice league dark in general. So you name it. We do it. In fact, if there's something out there you would like us to cover, something that you would like to get our thoughts on that is related to the world of the darker side of DC, of course, hit us up on Twitter at Hellblazer. What is my Twitter account? I don't know. You know what? <laughs> I will come back to that towards the end of the show, but please let us know. Reach out to us. All right. So the biggest news that we have today to talk about has everything to do with Matt Ryan's John Constantine. Now, people have been depressed the world over because Matt Ryan's Constantine was seemingly at an end with the conclusion of the sixth season of Legends of Tomorrow. And uh, I think a lot of Matt Ryan fans had figured, well, you know, we had a great run, right? Yeah. Yeah. They and, thought that this was the end. Yeah, we had a great run and uh, we'll see what happens next. With the new uh, Constantines that we're going to be having, no doubt, that are not played by Matt Ryan. But recently at the DC fandom, they let it drop that a compilation of DC showcase shorts will be released next year. That will be headlined by Constantine, John Constantine, played or voiced by Matt Ryan. So they will be DC animated shorts voiced by Matt Ryan, so he will reprise his role, which is good news. Hey, if we don't get a live-action version, I can definitely be satisfied with Matt Ryan's voice because his voice as Constantine is so great. Well, not only that, I mean, like, the last time we... I believe that Matt Ryan voiced Constantine in animation, me and you both liked it, which was uh, the the animated movie 
from the I, the name escapes me right now. Uh, but it was uh, John Constantine's City of Demons. City of Demons. Hellblazer yes. City of Demons. Yeah. And we both enjoyed that, and we enjoyed his his uh, portrayal of Constantine on the animated side. So, David, I feel that that City of Demons is probably. Are you ready for this? Probably on my top 10 DC films of all time. Easily. It is so, it is so good. It is everything we uh, like our type of DC fans have always wanted from DC movies in general. Um, And the fact that it's John Constantine and played by Matt Ryan just makes it that, that much better. Oh, easily. I I do. I would actually even put that up there in the top five more than the top 10. Because like when you look at, a lot of the DC animated universe. And there's a lot. The one thing about city of demons that had it, it had it going for it for itself was it was so different because like the DC universe animation, they leaned heavily on the Trinity and the justice league. Right. Well, of course. Yeah. And some of those, and some of those animated movies just get blended all together and it loses itself much like I, uh, I think me and Paul talked about it once about how, say superman doomsday did not live up to the hype yeah or like batman um the one batman uh i think it was the killing joke yeah didn't live up to the hype no dc animated films were really great for the i don't know i want to say six seven years ago they they were on a roll they were on a roll and then the last couple years before they rebooted it with that bullshit justice league dark movie that i did not like (laughs) yes Uh, that wasn't a justice league dark dark movie movie. it it wasn't it was just a justice league movie that was dark with constantine (laughs) in it that that was pretty much it but that being said um they struggled in my opinion and not just my opinion but most of the hosts on this network which we have about what six to seven hosts that cover dc content for us on this network mm-hmm. i don't think one of us have out of the entire group have said that i let me backtrack because that sounds all jumbled up i would say out of all of us on this network we've all agreed or I should say the general consensus is that the last couple years of the animated film struggled. Oh, absolutely. Even, even myself who I've always been a big fan of the animated universe in comparison to like the earlier runs of animated movies, Mm -hmm. the last couple of years have been very lackluster, especially when the last couple of years they've been dealing with. some of the big, big trying to deal with the big uh, storylines. Yeah. And it's just eh, kind of fallen flat a little bit. It, the writing's not too great. But then you got uh, going back to City of City of Demons. That did justice to a lot of like the because it took elements from Constantine, other Constantine storylines, yeah. and put them together. But it was fantastic. They did a fantastic job with the character. Yeah, loved it, and that's why I will jump and get excited anytime we can get Matt Ryan back. And I'm hoping that they definitely, wherever they take this this series of short films, I'm hoping they maintain that tone from City of Demons. I'm hoping it's more like that and and also like the first Justice League Dark film with Matt Ryan as well, opposed to the the latter, the Apocalypse one. So we'll see what they do with that. There, There's not a lot of news about this it was kind of almost like a like an afterthought when they announced it there wasn't a lot of additional information other than the fact that matt ryan will be reprising his role in a dc short 
Now, the good news is, according to numerous rumors, that he's not just going to simply be in a short that is 12 minutes, 15 minutes long. I believe what how they're doing this, he will headline the entire DC short showcase. All the films, all the short films will will in some way revolve around the Hellblazer. So he's going to have his own thing. But then also every additional short that may focus on another character will involve John Constantine in some way. It is called Constantine the House of Mystery, by the way. Yes. So that being said, that's a perfect setting for the darker side of DC. And if we do get these revolving stories that have John Constantine at the center, I think us Constantine fans have a lot to look forward to. Oh, absolutely. I think... Secretly, I mean, remember, I think it was the last update show. Me and you were kind of saying like, man, it's been really quiet about Constantine yeah. as a character. And then suddenly the last couple of weeks, I mean, you have the cartoons, you have some video games actually making news about Constantine now. And it's almost like it's gearing up again. And I'm I hope. really hoping that this is a sign that DC is still keeping John Constantine in the loop as one of their major characters. I hope so, because that's something you and I have have been discussing about 2022 is that it looks like this is going to be the first year coming up that we don't have anything dealing with John Constantine, because even though I wasn't a big fan of Tom Taylor's Hellblazer, you know, three issue run, at least it gave us something uh, towards the, at the beginning of 2021, 2021. And then we had justice league dark as well, giving us a little bit of John Constantine, but for the most part, it's been pretty light in the way of the Hellblazer and 2022 with no announcements in sight, it was looking like it was going to be a bleak year for John Constantine fans. Um, So it looks like that has changed a bit. It still looks to be light, but at least it isn't empty or a void of John Constantine. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I can't imagine an entire year going by where we don't get something uh, with John Constantine, meaning a comic book run, even if it's a, a one shot, so we'll see what happens. I'm excited for 2022 and the way of DC because there's a lot of things going on. Of course, we have the Zatanna movie that will be coming out soon. I and, say soon, but with the next you know year to year and a half. And you got to think that basically the more closer we've been getting uh, news about Zatanna, the movie. Yeah. You got to think that they they'd at least give us a bone and throw John Constantine in that movie. I think what they're going to do. Well, hold on. Now, first off, let's backtrack just a second. Now, we mentioned Zatanna and DC Fandom. And surprisingly, with all of the announcements coming out of DC Fandom, we did not receive anything dealing with J.J. Abrams' side of production. As we know, J.J. Abrams has been hired on and signed a contract with Warner Brothers almost two years ago now uh, to take over the darker side of DC Uh, with the Justice League Dark crew being at the forefront of his plans. And the first official announcement that was connected to J.J. Abrams' universe he's creating for DC was the Zatanna movie. And that was, I want to say, in April when we first heard about that, April of 2021. And now here we are in uh, almost November, and yet we have not received anything else in the way of news, which is surprising, especially since... We just had the DC fandom, which is a convention dedicated to just DC content. DC content. And we were not given anything in the way of news for the Zatanna films. Now, 
could that be a, a a sign of some problematic issues that are around the corner? Are they canceling it? Are they in limbo? Is there too much uncertainty behind JJ Abrams plans to, to announce it? So that had me worried a bit because there was so much news about or hype around this, the movie and yet nothing, yeah. not even an update on the script. Well, think about this too. It, it, I, for me, this goes back to how DC is handled or specifically Warner brothers has handled the DC product is they take their time. Let, let, let me put it this way. They take a lot of time with telling, uh, telling the fan base of products coming out because like, if you look at like the, the highlight for this DC fandom was black Adam, black Adam has been in the, uh, has been in production limbo for at least four years now. Yeah. And now they're just making uh, making light of it. I think longer than four years. Yeah, because that's been around for a very long time. So yeah. the fact that they're coming out with it just now, I think Zatanna's going to be treated the same way as Black Adam. Oh, please don't tell me we're going to wait four years. Would you be surprised? Because they're taking so much so yeah. so long on the, on a lot of their productions. Because I I honestly feel Warner Brothers does not know what to do with the DC license. I know you're if right. If it doesn't re- if it doesn't include Batman, it's true. Or yeah, just Batman because you can't even say <laughs> Superman at this point. I like how you're like Batman and <laughs> and no, well, oh, I was no, gonna no, say <laughs> I was gonna be nice and say their Trinity because we as DC fans say that's yeah. their main focus. But even nowadays, they don't, they don't know what to do with Superman. They don't know what to do with Superman. Yeah, we have like three Supermans now, which I'm not a fan of that. And this whole this whole fucking gimmick of all the movies doing whatever they want, but then saying, "Well, we're all connected in a in a multiverse <laughs> of cinematic movies." I'm like, that is just your way of saying you have no plans and you don't want to be held accountable to an ongoing narrative because what the MCU has done, I'm not a fan of every Marvel film. I'm a DC guy, 100%. And if I had to choose to blow up one, I would blow the hell out of Marvel before DC. (laughs) But my point is, is that even the movies I didn't like from the MCU side, you, they have a strategy that works. They have a strategy that works, a continuation of each film and this grand uh, narrative, but for some reason DC can't get their shit together. So what they say is, "Hey, guess what? Uh, we're going to uh, skip out on the connected movies, and uh, because it's too hard, and we're just going to do what you call a cinematic connected universe, Verse. where each movie is a standalone, but it's a uh, multiverse, if yeah. you will. Because if you think about it, this past DC fandom, you could even look at all their products that they put out there." None of them, none of them connect to each other. No, David, it's like, it's like you and I, and let's say Paul from Doom Patrol discussions. Let's say the three of us start out uh, writing a story together. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write book one. You write book two. Okay, David. Uh, and make sure you follow along what I wrote. Cause I want to make sure you, you continue my story in book one. Yeah. And then Paul, you have to continue story from our stories from book one and book two. Okay. For your book three. And Paul's okay, no problem. And then halfway through book two, David, you're like, ah, fuck book one. I'm just going to do what I want. Uh, and then the producers, me, instead of saying, nah, David, rewrite this and let's make sure everything feels the same. I'm not saying you have to tie in every story element, but you do have to have a bit of a continuation, uh, at least in the way of a bigger story. And you're like, nah, fuck it. 
So then I'm like, uh, all right, well, I don't want to hold you accountable and I don't want to hold myself accountable. So what we're going to do is we're going to write individual books and say they're connected in this multiverse. Exactly. But each story doesn't rely on the next. Doesn't rely on that's the next. That's what DC has done. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have these scenarios where we don't know what's happening because they don't know what's happening. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. It does make me nervous that Zatanna was not talked about at all at the DC fandom. And, yeah. and then just neither was a- neither was the Madam X HBO yeah. Max series. Neither was the John Constantine HBO Max series. And it leaves me wondering, perhaps, as we know, maybe J.J. Abrams has now left Warner Brothers. Exactly. I mean, like the, the thing is, the problem with that that strategy and you, you, the thing that you brought up i honestly feel that that is dc strategy yeah the problem with that is if you're dealing with the major characters like the a tier characters that doesn't hurt them that much but what does hurt is like the b and the c and the d level tier characters the the characters that mass audiences don't know yeah (laughs) and that's why you know you have black adam in languish for four years and why I, I do, do think, think it was longer than four years. I, I do think that Zatanna's going to probably be treated the same way as Black Adam, oh, which David. is they'll find an actress. How dare you? She'll get passionate about it, and then she'll have to wait in the wings for like two, two to four, two to three years. Yeah. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen because it, it, when that happens, directors and writers move on. There's uh, the directors don't hang out. It's why Guillermo Guillermo del Toro passed eventually on Justice League Dark because it was pulled from him because it was too. It took so long to get going that DC changed their plans, and that's what happens when you wait so long uh, with a company that's so ADHD when it comes to producing content. They lose track of what they had originally started and they want to start over or they just forget projects as if they never were planned. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. So Gwendolyn Christie leans into the Bowie look for Sandman's Lucifer. Uh, There's a lot of thoughts on this, David. Now me personally, I'm fine with it. I think she looks pretty badass, And I, of course, I'm talking about Neil Gaiman's Sandman series Sandman that series. is coming to Netflix. And a lot of people were upset when I posted this saying, Hey, look, our new Lucifer people immediately started talking about Tom Ellis. Yeah. Which, and I'm like, listen, can this we is, put that to bed that basically the Tom Ellis Lucifer is separate from the Sandman universe. It's not. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yes, it is that Lucifer technically, technically. It, it, from the comic books. But at this point, that's even though I love that series, that series w- is very well, it's written. A very well written series. It, that version of Lucifer just would not work. Yes. in Sandman, not in the Neil Gaiman Sandman, how he's portrayed. And just the world of Lucifer, the TV show, that world just does not fit with the world of Sandman, cinematically speaking, and in the ways of aesthetics, yeah, because and, and tone, especially when you read the how Lucifer Morningstar is first introduced into DC Comics, Gwendolyn Christie is actually the closer than Tom Ellis because Lucifer is supposed to be this androgynous yep. type of being that has no sex because Lucifer's an angel. Angels don't have sex. In, oh, in they Neil do. <laughs> well, not in, the, not in the sense that we would like to think. But like in Neil Gaiman's 
universe, they are neither male nor female. Yeah. And, and when, when that picture of uh, Gwendolyn Christie came out, I said that, no, that's perfect. That's, that's how I would imagine in partly in the, in the Sandman story when, you know, Sandman goes to hell and meets Lucifer. That's kind of like the image that I've always portrayed Lucifer as. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what they do as the show progresses, because I know that androgynous look does change as the story progresses to a more masculine look. So we will, is that, am I remembering Sandman correctly? Yeah. Because, because the thing is, is like Lucifer is supposed to be very, number one, he's the, he's the Prince of Lies. So his outward appearance is very angelic. He's very nice. He's, he's, Almost, I, I get heavenly. it. Yeah, yeah. But then, as the story as the story in Sandman goes, <clears throat> you start seeing him more. You know that darker side of him when, especially when he's dealing with, and that's when his features start to change. Exactly. Yeah, because his true self comes out. Yeah, I'm actually really anxious for this because I'm actually a Gwendolyn Christie fan. I like the work she's done on Game of Thrones, and and despite the the terrible script that we had for her character in the star Wars franchise. Oh, Phasma. Captain Phasma had so much potential. I mean, just this giant fucking behemoth of a stormtrooper. <laughs> I mean, the things you could have done with that character and that entire look, they didn't go the distance with it. It wasn't Gwendolyn Christie's fault. It was JJ Abrams. And it was the writing. And uh, <laughs> was the- who was the other Yahoo that wrote? Um, I forgot his name. Uh, Ryan Johnson. I, th- I, I, I was. Did you think I was, I was joking? No, 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 no. I was trying to actually make sure you can't remember his name because you know the name we don't mention. Yeah, it's, it's the name that we shall not mention. Yeah, he's right up there with uh, Tom Taylor. <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> but anyways, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. I'm actually really, really looking forward to the Sandman series, not just because of the obvious John Constantine connection, but because of Gwendolyn Christie's Lucifer. Same here. Yeah. So we did get that first image, but a lot of people aren't, aren't liking it. And I, I'm wondering if people aren't quite sure that this is disconnected because it's on Netflix. I see it seems to, it seems to feel like there are people that just assume that they're in this Netflix universe now with Lucifer. So a lot of people are rolling their eyes who aren't aware of the comic books Exactly. Say, oh, another gender swap because That's I, of liberals. I hate to say it. I, I'm turning into that geek that basically looks at you, bro. Have you read the book, bro? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you even read, bro? Do you read, bro? Yeah. Do you and, even do comics, bro? And that's the thing is like, I feel bad because I'm starting to see that more where I don't feel bad. Fuck them. Because like, you're right. Mainstream audiences do not pay attention to the book. They just listen to everybody else and basically say, oh, it's written by Neil Gaiman, who everyone under the sun is saying that basically is is uh, the best comic book writer, writer of all time. But you know how many times I've actually talked to people and I looked at them and said, have you read a Neil Gaiman book? And they go, no, I just know he's really good. Yeah. How do you know he's good if you well, haven't Because read? they watch his TV shows that were produced. <laughs> like, not, it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. I, I just think people need to chill out. I am one of those people who have initial reactions to all news. I think we all do. But then I relax and I sit back and I wait. I share my thoughts. And then after I share my thoughts, I don't get trolly, even if it's something that I'm not keen on. I wait till we actually see 
what we are given. Yeah. And for me, it will always come down to writing. It doesn't matter if Lucifer is a woman, a dog, a cat, a rhino, a non-binary android, android. from planet non-binary. I don't care. As long as the writing is good, that's all I care about. And that's what I wait for before I, I get into it. And if you suck, believe me, I will never let it go. Just like Tom <laughs> Taylor's Hellblazer. I will never forgive him and I will never get over it. I will continue to get mad. So, Dave, there is a little news that's sad when it comes to the Justice League Dark side of things. It was announced that Justice League Dark will end this December. And I'm talking about the comic book run. Yes, it will. It's It's been a great run. Uh, Tanyan was what was running that series for the first 20 issues. Ram V took over around issue 20, I believe. And then it had been turned into a backup story for justice league. And that I thought was bad in itself, but at least we were getting a justice league dark series every single month. Well, and the sad part was everyone agrees. The, the backstory of justice league dark yep. was better than yep. the actual main story of the justice. League. Yeah. If you look at the, the go-to comic book review sites, that's what the general consensus was. Yeah. It was like, well, this is sad when your backup story is extremely well written and when you compare the story side by side, there is no comparison. There is no comparison yeah. because like everyone agreed that the most in more interesting story in the Justice League book was actually the idea that Merlin went evil and the only hero out of Justice League Dark that could save the world was Etrigan. Yeah. And suddenly Etrigan is forced back into the past to try to bring Justice League Dark in and Zatanna and Constantine were going to help him. Yeah, I'm hoping that we're going to get a decent write-up, or I should see, uh, not what's the word I'm looking for? Not write-up. Um, I'm hoping we get a decent conclusion. There we go. Yeah, I'm, I am too, especially since they didn't, they didn't have much time to work with the story. No, although we can rest easy that it wasn't canceled, meaning... This could this could possibly mean that DC is open to continuing the series in some fashion because they didn't cancel it. It was Ram V's choice. The actual writer himself yes. had chosen to end the series. And he has been quoted as saying, I withdrew from the series because life happened. Yes. And I had to cut back a little on workload. On one hand, I'm sad that I won't be writing these characters anymore, but I am hopefully leaving them in a place where they might be picked up by another writer in the future. And the thing that irritates me too, this is just because I've, I've been, I know this part of the industry a little bit because I've been seeing the, the, the news with the, several writers. Yeah. Ram V apparently needed the lesser workload. Asked DC, can I have a lesser workload? DC said, no. Marvel came in and said, you want a lighter workload? Sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll hire you and give you what you want. Yeah. And I was like, going, Ram V dude has been such the all-star the past year for DC. Yeah. He has. Swamp thing. He's done Justice, Justice League, League Dark. Dark. He's done a lot of the other, a lot of the other series that. Catwoman, right? Catwoman. Yeah. And he carried those series with his, the strength of his writing and DC couldn't just basically say, no, okay, we'll give you, we'll give you your little time off. You take it easy and just do one or two series. 
And because of that, because of that negligence to a writer, they lost Ram V to Marvel. Yeah. And that's sad because <laughs> that's the last thing we need is to lose a talent like Ram V because I will say that he is definitely my, he, I would say he's on my top five writers of the last couple of years, not as, a, year? not as a whole, because that's a lot of history there of writers. Yeah. Uh, but, but the last year he's been at least the top five. I say the writer. last couple of years, Dave, he's been a rock star. Yeah. He's definitely one of the the top up and comers in in comic book writing, without a doubt. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. Now, just for a little bit of context here, Ram V began with this team for Justice League Dark in February. Hold on a second. It says 2022. That doesn't make sense. That's uh, in the future. Uh, there's a typo here in this article. Well, he has he it began, scheduled. It's one of his last things that he's scheduled to do. So co- he co My- he started co-writing Justice League Dark number 20. There we go. With yes. the previous series writer James Tanya in the 4th, Ram V eventually began writing the title solo until the end until it will end. In oh January my god, this is written by an idiot. Yes. Are you reading the same article? Yes. It is a complete He's mixing up uh, the he's mixing up his words and tense. Basically, wow, this is Ram written v, by a 12-year-old. To 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 give the give it the proper yes, way. Yes, please before I get angry. Ram V is is contracted to actually finish out 2022. So Justice League Dark, his run will end one last story in 2022. After that, he's done. He's, yeah. he's, he's going to be moving on. According to reports, DC will use them almost immediately in an upcoming Flash series beginning January 18th in Flash number 778. And they'll be teaming up with the Speedster uh, to battle Eclipso. Yes. So that's, but it won't be. But the thing is, they won't have their own title. No, that's the thing. Yeah. They're going to have to be shuttled off into being co-stars in another hero's title, which is kind of like a death knell for like <laughs> for like comic book characters. Yeah, I know that's pretty sad. Hopefully, something will happen soon. Um, a little bit of good news here. Uh, Ram V has only well, good news, bad news. Ram V has only one story in DC's January 2022 schedule. Yes. And that's the short story in January 11th, uh, 2022's Batman Urban Legends number 11, which we had discussed on a previous show, which we will be covering because that show, that issue features Zatanna. Yes. So we'll be breaking that down. So Dave, there, there's also some news on a potential dead man movie, which is completely news to me in almost every way because I was under the impression that dead man has has been, been has been dead has, has been, been dead. put to rest forever <laughs> in all facets no comic books just nothing no movies no tv shows uh, but apparently there was a rumor and this is dated from June 2021 I cannot vouch for the validity although it has been picking up steam uh dead man movie in development at Warner Brothers According to Black Cat Film, uh, they are bringing an update on the Justice League Dark, and in particular, Dead Man. Warner Brothers is moving towards Justice League Dark, as we know, although they are trying the approach similar to Marvel's Avengers films by introducing the Justice League Dark characters in their own movies or TV shows before putting them in a team-up. That is not entirely new information. That's something you and I had discussed when they had announced Madame X, which is the Xanadu. Uh, Zatanna's movie 
and John Constantine's TV show. It started looking like, okay, well, you're giving them each their own storylines, which will eventually lead, which the rumor was, there will eventually be a Justice League Dark movie produced by J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot. So that being said, it does actually look like that's what they're doing. It seems like J.J., if he can, you know, continue to work with the likes of Warner Brothers, it looks like that's what he's doing when it comes to his side of things, that he's doing things the right way. Well, I hope he is, because the thing is, is like Del Toro was supposed to be the one that actually was supposed to bring this in, and it just got overwhelming for him, and he stepped away. Yeah, and also, I don't think anyone can do justice to a movie like Justice League Dark in one film. I don't think it's practical to say, hey, I'm going to do a Justice League Dark movie without any other films or TV shows to fill in some context. Because what you're going to do or what you're going to get is the first Suicide Squad movie, a ridiculous idea that doesn't work, that feels disjointed because there's way too many character arcs going on that don't entirely mesh together. And then it feels like a cut and paste type of job. And look what they did with Batman versus Superman. I loved that movie for the most part, but there was also too much going on in that film. They tried to make that the dawn of justice yes, without any prior setup of any of our characters. And in the end, I don't think that was a great plan for DC because we didn't have any buildup of characters. The reason why the entire world went to go see the first Avengers movie was because they had built towards it. They had given you reasons why we care about each of the characters, why we cared about Iron Man, why we cared about Thor, why we cared about Captain America and Black Widow and Hawkeye. It's because they worked towards it. Yeah. And if that is what J.J. Abrams is doing with the Justice League Dark side of things, then I think we're on a good path here. I'm more than I'm more than willing to be patient for each movie to drop and each TV series to drop before we actually get there. Um, and if that dead man's a part of that, that actually just makes sense. It would feel weird if we are trying to delve into the world of Justice League Dark and we never actually get to dead man. Because he's <laughs> dead a, man's he's one, be weird. He's one of the founding members of Justice League Dark. Yeah. And not only a founding member of Justice League Dark, the guy is an iconic DC legend. Period. I just think he's that one they, of the classic characters. I would be so happy because it would it would disprove a lot of what everyone is saying. Why you can't do a dead man movie is because it's too difficult. The character's too difficult to write for. I just I and I don't think so. I don't think so either. I'm I, like going. You can do a dead man film. You just have to focus on the character of dead man. You could Boston brand. You have some hot moments too when you think about it. Like you know, like when I used to when I grew up, we were watching Quantum Leap, and I used to love when <laughs> Doctor Sam Beckett would leap into exactly. a woman, and he would like, oh, I'm a woman. He'd look at himself in the mirror. And I'm like, listen, if I was dead man, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be possessing ladies oh, no, all the time. Dead man's done it. I know that there's is that, a couple is that times because if that is, I'm going to, I'm going to delete that part of the show. <laughs> Well, I would be a good dead man. I'd ask for permission. Like, may I possess you? Okay. <laughs> Can I enter you now? Can I enter you now? Okay, I'm getting ready to enter you. Okay, hold still. Okay, no, I I'm just in. use the excuse that I'm doing this because Ramakrishna is telling me that I have to. There you go. God is telling me to do so, this. So blame your rapey behavior on a god. Ramakrishna calls for it. <laughs> I just think there are so many things they can do with this dead man character. That would be awesome. There's so much social commentary they can use. uh, There's so many things they can do with the abilities that would work in a story. And if there are writers out there that are struggling, and I'm talking about not comic book writers, 
talking about movie and TV writers that are struggling to make this character work, then you don't have a skill set. You shouldn't be writing because if you knew the character, if you sat down and read this guy's um, body of work, you would realize that there is so much you can do with this character. He's literally connected to death. Exactly. What I always, and the world of, uh, of the dead. What I've told people the last two years with the success of series like doom patrol and Titans, you can no longer say that it, you can't write for a character, you know, insert character's name here. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, doom patrol has been fantastic. You can't tell me that basically someone can't write a dead man movie, let alone a show. When you have a series like doom patrol being your best, your a, a list series going on right now. Yeah. There's no way. It's just the fact that basically, just like you said, it's now being a question of you need to find a writer who honestly has the proper skills for it then. Yeah. And just to harken back to some news we discussed a while back, I, I, I really wish we would have gotten this. Remember the news we had covered that Eric Kripke was originally going to be yes. the one to write to write for Dead Man, uh, Dead Man series. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to say it was going to happen right after he left uh, the his his show supernatural on the cw yes after his five-year run the first show before the cw was moving into dc territory with arrow the first dc show they were going to they were going to explore was dead man produced and written by eric kripke by eric kripke yep. for whatever reason it didn't work and they ended up going another direction and they went with arrow but can you imagine i mean eric kripke Five seasons of Supernatural, fantastic. He's the showrunner of The Boys. Yes. So if those two shows can't show you what he was, what he could have done with Dead Man, look what he's doing. Look currently. We, just look what we messed out on. Yeah. Imagine how great that series could have been. Oh, absolutely. Because Kirky would know how to handle that character. Well, just a, a blend. Take The Boys for example. For, just look at this. Take The Boys, blend it with Supernatural, and you kind of got Dead Man. And you kind of got Dead Man. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been cool. So I am, unfortunately, those types of things are hard to get out of my head, knowing that Kripke at one point was going to be the showrunner of a Dead Man series. And because <laughs> of that, it makes me look at every other potential news a little more skeptical because I know what we could have gotten. What we could have gotten, especially especially with some of the news, the rumors about Dead Man. I mean, you you have, now this is not speaking ill of these directors but you know you go from Kripke right but then you the the rumors the short list of directors that are being uh thrown out there are Oz Perkins or what uh for dead the dead man movie okay Oz Perkins who did the black coat starter but also did Gretel and Hansel oh. which was bad oh. <laughs> uh that's very popcorny Christopher Landon who did Happy Death Day which Happy Death Day was good was good. Uh, they are actually clever movies. Clever yeah. movies. They're not bad. Yeah. And then you have uh, Brandon Cronenberg, who did Antiviral and uh, Possessor. Possessor was fantastic. I've never seen those. Possessor is the most messed up. If you wanted, actually, if you think about Possessor, this is just my horror film uh, connoisseur side coming out. Oh. Possessor, that kind of could be considered like a dead man movie. When, when when I think about it, because it's body swapping, it's it's literally a horror movie that is about body swapping into people, and that would be perfect for Dead Man. Okay, yeah, 
there are plenty of directors out there that I think could do the job. But, but when you throw them up against Eric Kripke, yeah. who has that talent. Yeah, it makes me want that more than anything. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. I wonder what our our listeners would want to see in the way of a Dead Man series. Like, if you guys have any potential you know, fan wants for directors or showrunners for a TV series, hit us up on Twitter uh, at Hellblazer Dude. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Okay, so Batman Comics just casually solved a classic animated series mystery, <laughs> apparently by using Dead Man. I, I, I sometimes I feel like DC does listen to our shows because what, like three months ago, wasn't I just bitching about no dead man? And now suddenly we have <laughs> dead man movies, dead man, comic books. Uh, but so, you, you have to throw in the caveat. You have to throw in Batman. <laughs> well, of course, because that's the only way they can do anything over at DC. They cannot do anything at all. We've already said it. Hey, DC executive. I have a plan for a dead man series. Is, yes. <laughs> Is dead man involved? No. Can he be? I guess. Okay, then uh, it's sold. Sold. You have permission to write it. That's how they do everything. Everything. If you're not sure about a character, let's throw Batman in there to help sell tickets. And when that horse is is broken because you were like that lady from Gone with the Wind and rode that horse to the to her <laughs> to, the, to, to the ground. I mean, that's what's gonna happen. You're riding Batman and you are using your spurs and your and your whip and you're just hitting him. Come on, Batman. Come on. We can go. We can go further with this. We can go further. We can go further. And then he's just gonna fall down dead. <laughs> and then what are you going to do DC when you have diluted the character so much and you have no safety net to fall onto then you're going to have to actually work and focus on other characters besides Batman because it's getting there I, I know people don't want to believe it I know people uh, want to deny it but there's only so much Batman you can give people before people get burnt out no no, no Mike you gotta understand if if this Batman dies, now that they've introduced the multiverse, we could bring in our version of Batman. We'll bring in a black Batman, a woman Batman, <laughs> a gay Batman. A gay I Batman. mean, wasn't that metal though? Metal already had unicorn Batmans, rainbow Batmans. Yes. It was the worst fucking shit I've read this year. I honestly was think that, Scott was Snyder was actually doing doing that on purpose just to prove a point. Do you think so? Do you think he was like, listen, this is all it they was get. so ridiculous. DC's a one hit wonder. Let me uh, prove it. Let me prove it. Batman this. I'll give Dinosaur Batman. Oh my god. There was like a sentient uh, house. Yes, that Bat was Batman. Batman. Bruce Wayne's manor was alive yes. with Bruce Wayne's presence and I'm like oh my god. <laughs> there was a there was a Batman train. The Bat train, yes. That talked. I'm like, what is this? No, no, Have the, you guys ran out of ideas? The, the, the one that was the wackiest was the Batman dinosaur where Bruce Wayne's brain was transplanted into a T-Rex. Yeah, it's stupid. And suddenly, you know, they thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, listen, I'm willing to play that game a little bit if it means getting some, some dead man and some Justice League dark stuff. But after a while, it's not going to work. Yeah. So bringing us back to the actual topic at hand. You see what happens when I mention Batman? <laughs> listen, there's two, there's three things you can't mention on this show. Uh, Tom Taylor, Ryan Johnson, just because. He has nothing to do with DC, but just don't bring him <laughs> just up. Just don't bring him up. And, uh, and Batman. And Batman. Yeah, it'll de derail every show. So in Batman, the adventures continues, which, by the way, is a continuation of the 90s Batman animated series, which everyone loves. It's critically acclaimed. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I actually collect, I actually been uh, reading that run and 
Yes. I've been bashing is Batman it living, Is it living up to the animated series? Absolutely. It's a it's a brilliant continuation of that series. Well, I, I didn't really have interest in reading it only because I'm Batmaned out, even though I was a huge fan of the but animated series. I, I cannot but, deny the, the, the writing in it is so on par with the animated series that it just feels like continuity cake. It's just yeah. like this beautiful continuity cake that I'm just eating up with Batman. The adventure continues. That sounds very sexual. Continuity cake. <laughs> and we pretend it is sexual. It'll be more fun. And then I'll jump out of the cake. <laughs> jump out of the prize. I have cake all over my face. It's white. White cake. <laughs> so anyways, and Batman, the adventures continue season two, because that's how they're breaking these storylines up. Yeah. Uh, number two, dad, dead man is helping the dark Knight. And makes a confession to Batman that puts into perspective his only animated appearance. The series tells new stories set in the continuity established by the Batman animated series and the larger DC animated universe, bringing in new ideas and concepts while staying true to the spirit of the original. That's something to look forward to. I will be picking that up. I was not reading that, but now that I know Deadman has a part to play, I will yes. head out buy it see dead man works the opposite for me whereas batman's used to sell comics in this case dead man is making me buy more batman mm-hmm. so i'll have to swallow that and and hopefully it doesn't make them think oh look more people are buying the batman that means more batman <laughs> all right so fan artists cast selena gomez as zatanna now the only reason why i bring this up is because there is a lot of debate since the zatanna film was announced in yes. April, there has been so much debate on who should play Zatanna. And we have our first con- contestant. Well, there's been a few. Who's the, the woman from Game of Thrones? That was a lot. That was the first one people started talking about. Um, the one from Solo. I forget her name. Oh, my God. I forgot her name. Also. What's her name? One sec. It's going to bother me. Uh, Hottie McGee. Can we just call her Hottie, Hottie McGee? McGee. Oh, this is a good show we have here. <laughs> You'll cut this out. See what? Amelia Clark. Yes. There we go. I, she is gorgeous, but I don't know if. Okay. How can I put this in a way that Zatanna is a bombshell? Yes. That's what she's known for. She's literally called DC bombshells. Do we want someone more grounded? Or do we want someone who is super comic book-esque in appearance, Dave? I'll let you take the heat for this because uh, your misogyny has no bounds. Go ahead. I'll gladly take the heat for this. I'm going to lean towards grounded, actually. Really? Yeah, because you're the one that three shows ago was getting mad at the art because the boobs weren't big enough. You remember that? Boobs weren't big enough, yes. And I had to downplay this. Here's the thing. Make it sound better. I thought about this and Gal Gadot has won me over into thinking that basically you don't have to have the comic book physique to be a comic book person. Gal Gadot is Gal Gadot does not look like an Amazon from the comics. She's not seven foot tall and can tower over you. Don't you look at me. You think about it. Wait, hold think on. about there's it, other, Thomas. <laughs> there's other people in the studio. You're yes. confusing people. Yes, I'm confusing people. But Listeners out there, there are more people in the studio. Gal Gadot is not an Amazon. Look, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, look. Jesus. Who are you? <laughs> look. I just got 
pushed off my mic. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm on David's side here. Hold on one second. Okay. okay. Have you seen some of the Amazonian women that are in Themyscira in the Wonder Woman movies? Yeah. They're way more ripped than Gal Gadot is. Exactly. Exactly. You're welcome. And that's what I mean is like Gal Gadot has proven to me that you don't have to have huh. the, monster, the, the Amazonian physique to pull off Wonder Woman. So in that regard, if they get the right talent... If they get the right talent, that's the problem. Finding the right talent to play Zatanna. Yeah, that's all. Honestly, that's all that matters to me. That's all that matters. I, I know there will be people that are sticklers for body type, but honestly, I'm just about casting the right person. I, I don't give a shit about and, the body type. And here's as the long thing. as the characters, as long as the character is intact. Now, that's not yeah. saying I want them to cast. Um, uh, who's uh, Amelia Kark? No, um, or the one that we're going to talk about, which is Zelina Gomez. Okay, so Selena Gomez, Selena Gomez is very attractive. Looking at this picture that the fan wrote or um, painted or drew, however they do these things nowadays, the artist rendition. There we go. It looks good. It, it looks good. It, it does look good. However, I when it comes to body type, I don't think her body type would work. She's just shorter in stature. And I don't know if that short stature would work. And the same thing with Amelia Clark. Yeah. I don't know if that short stature would work for Zatanna because Zatanna's lengthy. So in that way, when it comes to body type, I say yes. I think body type's important for casting, but it doesn't matter in the ways of breast size. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. The thing that I feel that Amelia Clark is better at than Selena Gomez is... <laughs> what did he say he said acting and i'm going yes acting acting's important no but, selena gomez is actually pretty good but like also amelia clark has proven to be able to pull off the look of the noir bombshell i mean she's done she Who? did it in so uh, amelia clark I, that, that's that's valid when dude. she when she was in solo she pulled off the the noir bombshell i forgot the actual name yeah, people. Femme fatale. Femme fatale. Yeah, she was able to pull off that look. So, could that be used in Satana? Of course. Oh man. Now, I, now Zelina Gomez. Not... The problem with Zelina Gomez. I'm like going. Does she have even any acting talent? Yes, she does. So she's been acting for several years now, and I have seen several films with her in it, and she's okay. But she she's in this series uh, currently that I'm watching called Murders Only in the Building. I want to say. And it's an original series with Steve Martin and Martin Short. Yeah. And she's actually really good at it. So she's won me over in the way of actual acting rather than name recognition. I feel like in any other project she's been attached to so far, it's more, it's been more about trying to bring in her fan base from her music. Mm -hmm. And now she is trying to do what a lot of people do that start in music, whether you be an R&B, an R&B singer or a rapper they tend to, or a wrestler, what, what, what ends up happening? They want to be seen as legitimate actors and they start leaving the projects that they started in yeah. and they start doing more serious things. And that is what Selena Gomez is doing with her career of late. So I, acting wise, I think she can handle it. But now that you brought up that comparison of Amelia Clark, you know, from Solo, you're right. She, yeah. she did have a very specific look that was very different from what a lot of fans are used to seeing from Game of Thrones. Yeah. And that's that's the only thing I would actually use nowadays is actually when when it's talking about who should play Zatanna is now, now I'm to the point where it's, do they have the talent to pull it off? I don't care if they have the, the look at the, as much now 
because I'm so worried that DC's going to just focus on, she looks the part and suddenly when it's on screen, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with whoever they cast. As long as, does that sound wishy-washy? I'm okay. I'm not okay with that. Let me, let me, let me change my, <laughs> let me change my entire stance on that. I am not okay with whoever they cast, but I have a feeling that it'll be all right because everything is resting on this movie. This is going to be the first film we have in the way of justice league dark. Yeah. And the director they have attached, or I should say the writer they have attached has me very excited. Uh, so also we have bad robot producing, which for the most part, JJ starts things off right. Uh, and we'll worry about how he concludes things later. I can't imagine them waiting much longer with casting news. However, I did put out a tweet recently uh, on our Hellblazer account on Twitter, asking people who would they, who they would like to see play a live action Zatanna. If you're listening, go to our Twitter account, Hellblazer dude on Twitter and let us know who you would like to see play Zatanna. All right. This does bring us to the end of our discussion. I want to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to find us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, just search House of Mystery, wherever you listen to podcasts, but those are our preferred places as they help us a bit more. Also, be sure on iTunes to give us a review and a five-star rating as that does help trigger algorithms that then help more people see our shows, and it does help. Also, House of Mystery does do a spinoff behind-the-scenes broadcast before every single show called The Oblivion Bar that's available exclusively on Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge just $1 or $10 for the year, you'll gain access to all of our, our pre-shows that we do every single, I don't know, month. We do, we average, what, three or four, roughly, right, Dave? They're just about. Okay, so this does bring us to the end. I want to thank everyone. Now get out of the house of mystery. Leave me alone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. My name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away, kick them in the bollocks and spit on them when they're down, leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I'll walk my path alone, because let's be honest, who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me?